0: of fancy biscuits. <clears throat> right here, recording for you guys, because we're nothing if not consistent after a long day. I'll make spaghetti late. Sure, audience. Take that guy in India. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes Were Made, introducing yet another two weeks in a row, they said, two star Tuesday. <laughs> My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the multiplier of masterpieces, Kristen Pennington.
1: Why am I a multiplier of masterpieces, because Brett
0: Because you know why we're getting a late start on this, Kristen
1: Pennington? Why are we? No, you,
0: you didn't. <laughs> You're supposed to say, "Why are we Brett Blue?" Just going to to the first and last names. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Hand signals. Um,
1: <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't
0: developed those yet. <laughs> well, are, well, masterpieces don't happen overnight. Sometimes it take a little while to like hammer out the finer details, get everything set up, and get them live, so that we can have not one but two podcasts under the umbrella of Nightmare Box Productions. <laughs> At the time you guys are listening to this, you can definitely find it on Spotify. We're hoping by the time this airs that you can also find it on Apple. Uh, go check out Yaga Malark and Oni on the Art of Wargaming. Oni Shiro. Oni Shiro? I didn't know his last name. I, 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 Yaga Malark and Oni Shiro on the Art of Wargaming. It, it, I'm very excited. <laughs> Super fucking yeah, pumped. Yeah, we... Uh... Cheers to the small steps forward.
1: <laughs> we, uh... Sent the pilot episode out today.
0: Hell yeah. I'm on that one, right? Yes, you yeah, are. Some narcissist.
1: <laughs> Can not just let him have
0: his first episode. <laughs> Love you, brother. I'm to um, teach him how
1: to do it, too, to be fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, but we're here today to talk about 2019, this year, the movie Mercy Black, which I learned today dropped as a complete surprise on Netflix.
1: Is this the first 2019 movie we've done?
0: I believe so. This might be the first 2019 yeah. two-star.
1: I think the most recent one we've done has only been 2018. So yeah. what what we're moving up into the current year right <laughs> as it's about to end.
0: This came out on like March 31st. People thought it was going to be like an April Fool's joke. Like Bloomhouse isn't going to do a direct-to-Netflix film, and they shouldn't have. But <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into it. Um this movie earned a 4.9 on IMDb. It got a 40% crit and 24% audience over at Rotten Tomatoes, which I've, I, I'm inclined to agree with the audience. Where are you sitting at on it?
1: It had so much potential. I'll give it... It
0: had so many brilliant scenes.
1: I'll give it maybe a 45
0: Actually, yeah, I meant to say the critics, not the audience. I was like 24, it's like kind of kicking the <laughs> dick. I, yeah Maybe I, 45. Yeah, that 40, 45. I could see that. I'm going to call it at 42.5. That's what we <laughs>
1: mean.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is that fractions? <laughs> God damn it. My math teacher would be so fucking proud of me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it had so much potential, but it just fell short. So, so many
0: great scenes. Can't, yeah. can't go
1: up to the 50.
0: No, we've got, we got a lot of good, we've got a lot of bad. We're going to hammer them out. Uh, but this was, as I said a minute ago, produced by Bloomhouse Productions. Uh, you might know them from a shitload of movies. They did Paranormal Activity, they did The Purge, they did Get Out, they did Insidious, and fucking handful of others. Um, I learned last night, or we learned last night, because I've learned and immediately told you, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bloomhouse Productions follows the model of um, filming very cheap and making a. Fuckload. So, like, they made paranormal activity for like 15 grand and then made buku goddamn bucks off of it.
1: Next to nothing happens. And yeah. You wouldn't have to spend much to make it. <laughs> and then they just stuck
0: to that formula.
1: Um,
0: I couldn't find the budget for this particular movie. Like, I've had trouble with that with a couple of these Netflix originals. Um, but it is of note that the writer and director are both the same man. His name Ooh. is Owen Edgerton. And while dicking around last night on Google, we found out that he's got two brothers, neither of which acknowledge his existence (laughs) and are both doing a shitload better than (laughs) than our (laughs) buddy Owen.
1: It was like a rabbit hole of brothers. <laughs> we tried to look up the director and it was like, yeah, he's the brother of so and so. And then looked up that brother and it's like, oh, he's the brother of so and so.
0: But neither one of them like, linked that,
1: back to the original.
0: Yeah, one of them's an actor, like I think like an Australian actor or something. And like his IMDb, the first line in his biography is, he's is the brother of the other brother's
1: name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, poor oh. Owen can't catch a break. Then he gets his shot with Netflix.
1: I have mixed feelings about. Uh, both writing and directing a film yeah i i I feel like it's better to have an extra voice in the picture i
0: would i'd be inclined to agree you know there are people that have done it i can't name any of them off the top of my head that have done it and done it well Mm -hmm. um but, yeah, that feels way too limited. Like, I I need to write it down so everybody else knows what I see in my head, and then I see it in my head, and you better just nail that to the wall.
1: Well, I get especially if you have some experience making movies. Like, if he had, you know, done other roles yeah. on a film set instead of just writing. Like, I get wanting to kind of spread your wings and be like, well, maybe I'll give this a try. Um, I... I, I I'm inclined to say, though, not that there isn't anyone out there who's done it and done it well. I'm inclined to say if you don't have an extra set of eyes kind of yeah. on the project, you're going to be too close to it to realize when it's not working. So I feel like if you're going to write it, you should produce it instead of direct that's, it.
0: That's a good move. But I think that's what backfired on the last two-star we did. I think it was <laughs> written and produced and directed by, if I remember correctly. No, it was written and produced by
1: mm-hmm.
0: that that other dude, which basically mm-hmm. many created a cgi bear and flew a bunch of people hungry (laughs) what do i
1: know (laughs) it's just my personal opinion it's a it's it's a dodgy road to go down it is
0: a dodgy road because it it is way too limited especially if you don't know what you're doing your first time like dude take the ad position like sit there i am the assistant of the director because i know what movie i want (laughs) to (laughs) make
1: Uh, like a yeah. cut scene. I didn't tell you to cut scene. We don't have a co-writer or a co-director or yeah. something. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I, I know from my personal experience while working on stuff, my crew has seen stuff that I didn't necessarily see. So I just, I feel like it's always better mm-hmm. to have a second person there. You know, maybe not if it's your pet project and you really kind of want to like, be the person to to, fly the drone in the intro scene (laughs) (laughs) to bring it to life. Maybe not getting some super headstrong, you know, director who's going to ignore everything you say, but I just feel like maybe get a second person anyway.
0: Yeah. Use that, you know, Money you saved, not shooting yourself in the foot to get an editor, but we'll get there. <laughs> oh, I
1: should have looked up the editor's email. That's what I should have done. <sighs> I
0: don't need to know that information. <laughs> Carry on, sorry. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I, don't,
0: I, don't, I don't need to know where to send the angry email. Like, like, three o'clock in the morning, like strung out trying to crawl across the bathroom floor because one has had too much wine. I'm like, send that email. Um. But yeah, our character list in this, we've got um, Marina and Alice. Marina being the main girl, Alice being her sister who she's living with. Will, Nightland, uh, who a lot of you are going to recognize almost immediately. I didn't recognize until about 20 minutes ago, was Dwight in The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, Negan's buddy who like mm-hmm. runs around and like fucks off and, you know. He's just kind of an overall dickhead trying to save himself and not anybody else. (laughs) And then you've got Lily Bellows, a.k.a. The Secret Librarian. Um, And Dr. Ward. She's played by Janine Garofalo, who's a uh, stand-up comedian, actress. She's got a very accomplished career an endless Wikipedia page. Uh, She plays the psychiatrist. You've got Rebecca Klein, who's our uh, comatose patient um, and the... Mastermind, would you say, of the original murder? Yes. Yeah, like the. I feel
1: like I don't. Maybe mastermind is too praiseworthy. <laughs> she
0: was the one guiding. She
1: perpetuated yeah, it at she, the very least. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and then you've got Bryce, who's. Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm eyeing my way through this today. You got Bryce, who's Alice's son, and his buddy Dylan whose name I wrote down for reference. (laughs) So I'm going to talk a lot about Dylan today.
1: Oh, dear Dylan.
0: Would you like to give a synopsis of sorts?
1: Sure. Um, This might sound painfully familiar if you (laughs) spend more than five seconds thinking about it. (laughs) Two girls take their friend into the woods and try to sacrifice her. They stab her to death and leave her in the woods. She crawls... Back out of the woods, which that's a spoiler alert. She survives. And uh, they were trying to sacrifice her to this uh, invisible being, I guess. Yeah, some sort
0: um, of ghost. Yeah, demon.
1: supernatural uh, being. So if that sounds anything at all like Slenderman, uh, you would be correct for making the association because that's pretty much literally what happened in the Slender yeah. Man case. It's kind
0: of like a super duper fucked up version of the Santa Claus story or like <laughs> Peter Pan. Like we believed in it enough and it became <laughs> real.
1: But the the <laughs> two young girls are clearly locked away and uh, eventually later on as adults released and shit gets weird.
0: Shit gets super weird. <laughs> and as you pointed out, this sounds like it might be Loosely based on these Slenderman stabbings, let me hit a couple of key points about this 2014 attempted homicide. <laughs> um, you have the two suspects, quote unquote suspects, are convicts now. Um, Anissa Weir, I think, or Wire W E I E R, I don't know how to pronounce that, and uh, Morgan Geyser. They were both 12 years old, and they stabbed their friend Peyton Lutner 19 times after luring her into the woods for a game of hide-and-go-seek. Why'd they do this? Well, because the night before, they'd had a sleepover. And at the sleepover, they found the Slender Man, which is a a viral meme that I probably don't have to explain to anybody. Um, And they found all these creepypastas about the Slender Man. And so they wanted to win favor with the Slender Man by sacrificing their friend, much as happens in this movie, to the Slender Man. Um, fortunately for Lutner, unfortunately for Slenderman, Lutner was one hell of a kid because they stabbed her with a five inch knife. They sliced open like five major organs in her body. They left her to bleed to death in the woods. And she managed to crawl out of the woods and hail down a cyclist. And six days later, she walked out of the fucking hospital. She was back in school when it started again next September.
1: That's insane. Yeah.
0: Like, it went hard in the paint. Um, And Wire and Geyser were found not guilty by reason of insanity. But that doesn't mean a light sentence by any means. Wire got 25 to life with a... um, Minimum of three years confinement against her will, so involuntary confinement. And then she has the option, you know, if she shows signs, um, of getting out of that and going into a form of communal supervision until she's 37 years old. So she was 12 in 2014. It's 2019. She's 17, correct? Is that am I doing the math right?
1: Uh, yes.
0: She's 17. She's technically um, able to leave. She's not going to leave for a while. But (laughs) but she is technically uh, capable of leaving the the mental facility once the symptoms go away. Mm -hmm. And then Geyser, I'm guessing she was the perpetrator, The what would you call her? Perpetrator. Well, they were both the perpetrators. The mastermind mastermind, (laughs) um, of their particular thing because she got 40 years... um, in a mental health facility she's not leaving for 40 years so there's probably some serious issues going on there um and at the time that she was put in the mental asylum at the age of 12 she was the youngest patient at winnebago mental health institute in wisconsin so they are to my knowledge and by the research i did last night and today uh both alive both still in the institute um and I didn't see a whole lot on what has become of Peyton outside of, like, local newspaper articles yeah. and stuff like that you could read about. That's
1: that's interesting, though, because I do remember the Slender Man case, but I, for some reason, thought the girl didn't survive. So Yeah, I,
0: I was calling it the Slender Man murder.
1: Yeah. So. And then the
0: plot twist. I was like, oh, they deviated from the story. And it's like, no, they just kept following the story. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: so it is uh, pretty heavy-handed. Uh, yeah tribute imitation whatever you want to call it of slender man and the premise behind um mercy black which is this film slender man is um she i guess preys on for lack of a better word uh, sad and lonely children and if you fulfill your promise to her which is uh she's trying to find a body body yeah Yeah. they didn't necessarily say human body but yeah like a a body of some sort so she needs like a blood sacrifice and all this other stuff um she'll help fulfill uh your desires and she'll protect you yeah so she's labeled as a guardian angel at points in this film and it it is a heavy-handed imitation of slender man and it could have been really cool but uh, we'll get to why. Maybe it wasn't such yeah. a successful tribute.
0: No, I, and that's one of the first things I want to say about this is I, I I feel like I I hit it over the head a whole shitload, but I really hated that movie, that Cloverfield fucking film.
1: I don't know why you disliked it so because much because
0: of the ending because it it all falls apart, which is exactly what happened here. Which is you had two routes, you had a super cool route. <laughs> AKA, it is all a schizoid delusion. The girl who was once the victims, now the murderer it's all turned on its ass and she's like tormenting as she was tormented. And she's got this like death obsession and it all comes to a head in front of the kid. Like you had that. And then you had dumb CGI ghost version (laughs) of the story and they went with dumb CGI ghost version of the story.
1: I, (laughs) I, I have to, every time you bring this up though, I feel like I have to stand up for Cloverfield lane because the only problem with Cloverfield lane was the end story. Um, like it was beautifully shot, beautifully acted, like an incredible film and the only problem was the tail end of the story It was stupid. and Like a lot of these two-star films, it's like they're kind of meh, they could have been better and then they deviate hardcore and that's why they score below 50. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, you can't cuz if you fuck up the ending, then the whole plot unravels and that's my issue. But we'll get we'll get we'll get to the best. We'll get to the best. <laughs> You want to hit us up with the goods? Where, where are we starting off on the on the positive side of the spectrum?
1: Uh, I'll do my tradition and stick to film stuff when I have film stuff to say. <laughs> um, it was mostly a pretty film. Um, the color was mostly really pretty, uh, and I don't know if it was shot that way or... Later, color corrected, and that's why this issue existed. It was a little heavy-handed on the orange tones for me um, to the extent that it started making their skin tones look like everybody had a really terrible spray tan. So, that's my only complaint as far as, like, the visual aspect of the film. Like it was
0: really pretty using the orange initially because it creates this homely feeling and then it feels like there's an intrusion in the home when you bring the horror mm -hmm. into it.
1: And I think the only places it really got to be a problem... um, Most people's indoor lights are uh, tungsten, not uh, daylight bulbs. So, the natural... um, candescence of an indoor bulb is kind of an orange tone. So unless you specifically change out the bulbs indoor and make them, you know, daylight bulbs, you're adding a bit of an orange tone from the lights indoors. So if you go through, you know, the house that they were filming in and turn the lights on, that automatically makes the interior of the house seem a little more orange. And it was a, a lot of wood paneling on the inside of the house which you know wood has a bit of an orange tone too and you can go into your camera and color correct those settings so that your camera then uh corrects the light balance so that it sees that as a more neutral tone instead Mm -hmm. of the aggressive orange that it is so it could have potentially maybe been just an issue of the combination of if they didn't change out the bulbs inside like the uh tungsten bulbs inside with the wood panels and then Maybe the camera just wasn't set to the best settings to read those lights. Or uh, the editor, who I'm not a fan of, and we'll get to that later, (laughs) could have also potentially maybe been the colorist for this film and got a little heavy-handed with that because oranges and teals, for some reason, have been in style for film a lot lately. So maybe that was a stylistic choice. But um, it was an interesting use of it, in my opinion, because... Usually with scenes where your character is a little more isolated and they're trying to make you feel um, wary or disconnected or anything like that, people do tend to stick to blue tones. Yeah. So the fact that they went with orange tones throughout pretty much the entire film was a interesting style choice. So I was like, okay, you know that's a an unusual choice. Most people mm-hmm. don't do that, but it, it looked pretty most of the time when it wasn't heavy handed and the shots were all which that's a second good I have, so I'm just going to go ahead and bleed into that. The shots were all really cool, so whoever the DP was, I didn't get a chance to look that up. I was honestly a fan of, like, they um, toyed with the fact that this was a two-story house quite a bit, so there were a lot of really cool angles, like looking down the staircase, looking up the staircase, and kind of, uh, you know, just toying with, like, perspective. Like, there was a one-shot, I remember, where she was looking out the window and watching her nephew, like, swinging on the swing that was really pretty, so just a lot of... Not unusual angles. They were like pretty common, like close up mid shots and all that, just like interesting choices of placement for the camera. Yeah, like and the bottom of
0: the stairwell him, looking like, directly. Looking right yeah. Up
1: it. yeah. So just a lot of honestly, and I know that's kind of a lame thing that I say in a lot of these <laughs> movies, a lot of just really pretty shots. Really pretty shots.
0: From the, the <laughs> opening with the drone.
1: Mm, yeah. You that's know, right. that
0: thing coming down over the field and sinking down into the girls.
1: And all of the shots in the woods, uh which, again, you're no longer indoors, you're outside, so you're, you're seeing the little yeah. daylight, and daylight is actually uh, more of a white tone on camera, so all the outdoor shots looked fine. <laughs> so yeah. it may have honestly just been the interior of that house. Yeah.
0: And you got a lot of like really pretty shadows that came out of those mm-hmm. wood shots.
1: Yeah, there's a, a scene, uh, I think, after the mother takes the tumble down the stairs, maybe, or maybe when she leaves to go uh, yell at the boyfriend. Uh where uh what's the main girl's name? Marina. Yeah. Uh Marina and her nephew were sitting across from each other at the table and there's just this really pretty play of shadows mm-hmm. across their face for it being kind of like a somber mood so there
0: were a couple where she was sitting at the kitchen table and she was sitting at the head of the table and nobody was on the sides, and so you had two chairs on one side and one chair on the other and then she was at the head and the camera was at like I guess the foot. <laughs> and, and you wound up with these really tight hallway, like, from the door. Mm-hmm. It was really tight, but you could see off to the sides, like, these really cold colors.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it, it made the room feel like a cell. Mm-hmm. Her bed, her bed frame had those bars right up against the window. So when you were close to her when she was sleeping, it still looked like she was in some sort yeah. of confinement. So what's your first
1: cut. Sorry, I no, no, you not fine. I, then. Shots
0: in the Woods was on mine as well. I liked that they showed the aging landmarks that they'd placed 15 mm. years before. Yeah, and so, point. like, they were all tattered um, on their way to, I'll, I'll hit my second goad right out, right, because we, we shared one. Um, <laughs> I loved that the hideout was a fallout shelter outside of Bozeman, Montana. <laughs>
1: that's right. Did we... Did location on where this was filmed? Uh, no, was there, I, there,
0: there was very limited information and on F,
1: like, it. Netflix seems to be stingy about some of that information. Yeah. But yeah, that was a...
0: They were saying they were outside of Bozeman. They looked like they were still in corn country. <laughs> uh, but we've we've been on the uh, corn country, still in the mountains kind of area, because we drove all the way across the fucking country. So we probably drove through one way or the other, wherever these guys That are. was a
1: neat little... Uh, play on, because I wish I had written it down, but there's, like, a little poem about, you know... Mercy. Mercy herself, and then um, I think it's a song they're singing also throughout the movie where it's kind of, like, clues to...
0: To the rhythm of along came a spider.
1: Yeah, to the rhythm of along came a spider. But I think it's Clue, so, like, how to find her and stuff yeah. like that. And they call her house a house you cannot see. Yeah. And, like, I legit just thought, because there's several shots where the girls are standing in the river just looking into the woods. And I legit thought it was just going to be some, like, decrepit house just shoved mm-hmm. up in the woods somewhere hidden in the trees so you can't see it. And that was a cool play on that, that it was literally a bomb shelter. Yeah. So I agree. That was...
0: Well, all those caught me off guard, like but a I was like a book you mean. can't read and it was like a book of greek translation mm-hmm. or something like that so the whole time you're sitting there and you're like is was rebecca as a kid did she actually find something fucked up or is rebecca just found this shelter and she's fucked up mm-hmm. and, like right up to the point where it comes out that the whole movie's bullshit <laughs> it
1: Irks me cuz they set up all these beautiful little
0: We'll get to the bad.
1: Yeah. We'll get... I, I have... I have
0: some heavy bads. So you're up.
1: Um, It was honestly for these not being actors that I really recognize, which that doesn't mean that they haven't done, you know, decent stuff in their own rights. I haven't uh, looked any of them up because uh, I literally got home from work right before we started this. So Brett did all the real yeah. research. But um, for not being actors that I really recognized outside of the guy from The Walking Dead, a very well acted film um a lot of b horror films i feel like the acting can be a little over the top and the only actor that i didn't super care for was the main actress which is (laughs) kind of strange um i
0: like that they used janine garofalo as the therapist like she was still making like you know one-liner jokes the whole time mm -hmm. she was was, uh
1: strangely probably i feel like probably the most successful uh public figure out of mm-hmm. all of the actors in this film and had a very small side role. Yeah. Like her her character was at the very beginning and at the very end pretty much and that was it. So that was an interesting choice too to take probably the most prominent name attached to this and <laughs> kind of just sideline them. But um especially the kid that played Bryce, right? That's his name. Yeah. Uh that kid crushed it. Like Killer acting, yeah. and all of the actors, honestly, he kind of
0: looked like the kid from Insidious, but he wasn't the kid from he Insidious. A bit, yeah. yeah,
1: but all of the actors, honestly, kind of killed it. And like the main actress, it wasn't that her acting was bad or her acting was over the top. She just uh, felt a little bland to me. And
0: well, the character was like that's what confused me for most of it was i was like i don't like this actress but at least they picked the one that looks like she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing to be the character who doesn't know what the fuck she's doing mm-hmm. like and
1: they do acknowledge some of her awkwardness like
0: uh yeah but then there's like try hardiness where it's like come on now like
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like when they're sitting at the table and she's her drunk acting is terrible and her crying is terrible too but crying they, was the worst <laughs> they do acknowledge while she's drinking like this is a, a character who's been locked up from childhood into her adulthood so she didn't. this is her
0: first glass of wine yeah
1: like didn't have a chance to experience life as a normal person so it makes it a little easier to excuse her awkward acting but um yeah outside of that like a like I think I would casting. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I would have found her a much more believable actress if she did nail those more emotional, primitive parts like mm-hmm. if she was fall down, giggly wine drunk with Will, um, when Will's you know, we'll yeah. get we'll get into that conversation. Um uh, <laughs> Do whatever the fuck Will was trying to do invite one out of the mental asylum <laughs> um, and the crying like if she would have nailed those I would have believed the rest of that awkward mm-hmm. shy momentum but it, maybe it's because there was no change emotionally I, I didn't feel like she did her job
1: even when she's trying <laughs> even when she's trying to connect with her nephew and be like look I understand it didn't like, yeah. his acting was the acting that was more convincing. But she wasn't terrible. I didn't hate her. I just uh, wasn't blown away by her. Especially yeah. with the cast she was surrounded by. Like, a, Especially in, like, comparison to that little boy. Because that little boy was the best actor little in the Little boy
0: thing. crushed it. The lady who played Lily... Um we both were sitting here going this is dog shit. That's the worst librarian of all time. That this is where the writing comes in on Owen's <laughs> part was we were sitting here going that librarian is the worst. Turns out she is the worst librarian <laughs> that's ever been. But like you see a change in that character. You mm-hmm. see like the oh she's she sounds like she's lying to this kid. Like she sounds like she's hyper irresponsible around this one child in particular. <laughs> and then at the end when she goes psychotic crazy bitch you know like she pulled that off brilliantly mm-hmm. yeah she's like i'll
1: cut this kid's fucking throat honestly probably yeah the second best acting in the mm-hmm. whole film like that plot twist though i was like holy fuck like i was feeling mad. We'll Beth go
0: the into film. the plot twist then cuz we're we, we're already in it
1: i was feeling a little That's on
0: both of our lists
1: <laughs> I'll I'll let you say what it is. But I was feeling a little meh about the film. I wasn't like at the point where I was like, I don't like this movie anymore. But I was just kind of like, meh. And then when we got to that part, and I was like, okay, I'm back in it. (laughs) Like, Like, Let's do this.
0: All right, Owen. (laughs) What what happens? (laughs) So what happens is, much in the way that we talked about earlier, where uh, Peyton crawled out after being stabbed a whole shitload of times and being rescued, it's like three quarters of the way through, you find out that, Uh, Lily, not only didn't die, but she's in the local area living beneath the radar. And then you get to find out Lily's the goddamn librarian that's been taking care of this kid this whole time and has thus set up what could have been one of the greatest goddamn plots of all time. If she had morphed this little kid into another mini-psychopath to torture the ladies who tried to kill her... you were so fucking close, Owen. Owen, give me a call. You can send me an email <laughs> at nightmareboxproductions.com slash whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the plot twist because when she sits down initially, she holds her right hand over the table and she's got all four fingers. And then you see these scenes where the girls cut the fingers off of a little Lily. And then you get the moment Where she holds up her hand, and she's missing the digit, and you're like, holy fuck, that's you.
1: And the thing that's so crazy about that plot twist is um, shit's going down inside the house, and... The little boy runs out of the house, yeah. down the driveway, and the librarian... To
0: safety with the librarian. Yeah, the
1: librarian's conveniently standing there. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, we were me? both
0: like, why the fuck like, is the librarian watching the house?
1: Because <laughs> she had... Which they laid the groundwork for this. Like, they really did. she had encouraged the boy to look up Mercy Black. She drops the boy off at the house, and she does the whole, like, maternal, like, are you okay? Do you need me to come by and check yeah. on you periodically? And then shit's going down to the house and he runs out the driveway and she's standing there at the end of it and i had this whole like are they really going to be like that <laughs> fucking cheesy yes. that she just conveniently showed up to rescue him oh, at the hey. exact moment the i shit's thought i'd going be here down. at nine
0: thirty at night yeah
1: because it's it's late at night when this is happening and then you see your hand and that fucking finger's gone and i was like this bitch <laughs> This bitch and it changed, did it all
0: changed the whole movie, brought us right back into mm-hmm. it. Because before then, like mind you, uh, dear audience, when we watch these movies, there is a good chance on ones that I really don't like, I'll watch half of it from the patio smoking cigarettes. I'll kind of <laughs> keep up with what's going on and jump back in. This movie held held us. Um, I smoked one cigarette after the opening credits, mainly because we finished eating dinner. Um,
1: we had burgers. Very
0: yeah. I, I needed a cigarette and kind of <laughs> would come down and a, we grabbed a blanket. We moved to our impromptu couch, <laughs> which is two chairs that we press together and share a little footstool. Um, but I only went out for outside for one cigarette, which is uh, a, something that does not happen normally with a two-star. And then that happened, and I was right back into this movie to like a, if they nail this, I will love this film. I will mm-hmm. forgive everything that's happened. I will rewatch this thing, revisit it, and I will I will love it. And the ending fucked it up, but we'll get there eventually.
1: <sighs> <laughs> um, my only other good? Okay, two more.
0: Hit it. Go.
1: Um. Oh, wait, no, I guess I have... A couple more, but they kind of bleed into other things. Um, oh yeah, three more. <laughs> not only are they good; that's like a bigger one. Is wish I kind of touched them that already. Like, it really was honestly a compelling story. So I would like yeah. to see the script, like I outside read of the movie. I want to see um, what
0: he brought them and what they allowed. I want to see the differences.
1: Yeah, and like I'll, I'll get into the negative of that when we get into the negatives. But a a beautiful. Well rounded commentary on mental illness and the repercussions it has for your loved ones and stuff yeah. like that. If only they had just stuck to if the story, if they'd
0: stuck the landing, yeah, you would have had one of the most beautiful horror movies of all time, you know. Like, mm-hmm. not that they nailed it like cinematographically, but story wise,
1: vulnerable young girl roped into this really tragic event because she was you know afraid that her mother was going to die yeah. and then the traumatic repercussions that it had in her own life and how that affected her immediate family and then when she finally comes home and they don't really know how to deal with her and she's this weird celebrity that the town's like interested in but also this hates she's like an urban
0: legend of a person yeah in... and
1: like her trying to cope with that and then having this young nephew that's close to her age that she was when all this stuff happened to her and Knowing that mental illness runs in her family, so this boy could just legitimately, you know...
0: Be schizophrenic. Yeah, literally. like,
1: unfortunately, also suffer from the same mental illness, but then also be traumatized by knowing what his aunt did and the the consequences of the fame that goes with that. Yeah. And it was just this really fucking beautiful commentary on how deep those roots go. Yeah until the end
0: (laughs) no that's it's my number one bad is we'll get to it I I I should expand on that but I've got three more goods Mm, and
1: we'll get into the bads because I I I have a flip side to that I'm
0: trying to kind of keep myself all
1: (laughs) dialed in right now
0: um so I've got three left and they all have to do with death or violence I think I'll start with, um, I love the scene where Will and Alice get in a fight and Will storms out. He goes home
1: Mm -hmm.
0: shortly after the other scene that I'm about to bring up. (laughs) He storms out. They go home. Um, Alice and Marina are like kind of coming together and then. Alice goes outside to take out the trash
1: Mm.
0: and finds the dog dead in the trash can. Mm. And there's this moment or a couple of scenes where the, we're not sure if Marina has blacked out and killed the dog. If this fits the, um, oh my God, I've lost the name.
1: Mercy Black?
0: No. (laughs) <laughs> it's the wet bedding, fire starting, killing of animals, oh, uh, the, the triad, the, triad,
1: the, the
0: homicidal triad, triad. <laughs> yeah. whether it's, yeah, so whether it's Marina in a blackout's killed this dog, whether it's Bryce in the middle of the homicidal triad, whether it's Will is kind of a revenge killing, something that he put his friends up to, like that is a pinnacle point in the story
1: or if mercy black is real or if mercy black
0: is real and is just down for killing golden retrievers that i'm 90 percent sure we're cgi'd into this movie (laughs) because he's there for one scene and he does
1: not look real i mean yeah that is a a, a moment where you're kind of like where is this going it's
0: yeah it's all up in the air and it's right there at the end of the first act it's Brilliant. I mean, I, I can't take anything away from Owen on the writing, but I want to know what his original ending is more than anything mm-hmm. else. So, uh, Owen, if you found this, uh, I heard you've got some pretty cool brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I've also got a pretty cool brother. He is one of the hosts on the Art of War gaming that's available to you now. <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: Which we'll throw the links for that up on uh, the nightmarebox. blog once I have official links. Sandless so. plug. Keep checking there for that. <laughs> uh,
0: the scene that happens right before that I thought was brilliant. That's the go sand the stairs. And she catches him across the goddamn knuckles mm-hmm. with that fucking power sander. And like it just opens right up.
1: I like the way they did that too, which there's a lot of, um, I didn't write that down, but now that we're talking about that, a really, a lot of really pretty play with the sound in this film. And that scene, the Sander is much louder and he's almost kind of yelling at her in the background. Yeah, like he sounds very muted. And uh, you did get a sense of her panic because he's touching her leg and two in her space. Yeah. She's been locked up her whole life and this dude's just being like really assertive and yeah, that was crazy really well rapey
0: done. and she fucking hits him over the knuckles with that power sand.
1: I, I thought she was going to cut his finger off cause they had already yeah. uh, hinted at the chopping of the little girl's finger at that point. So I was like, Oh God, she's about to sand that finger right off. <laughs> but all you was thought was she was going to go full
0: blown fucking right off the yeah. I
1: thought I like, well at that point I Felt a bit more like they were still leaning into the Mercy Black narrative. So I was like, oh, they're just going to have her, like, chop his fucking fingers off, you know? So they surprised me with that, I will say.
0: Hit him with the power sander that creates the whole situation where the dog winds up being dead. um, Or it's, I guess, the third part before the end of the first act where, you know, we've built all this conflict and all this doubt that kind of surrounds Alice and who... Is killed the dog, mm-hmm. and I've never seen in a film anybody get hit with a power sander across the knuckles. And it's one of those injuries where you're like, "Oh fuck!" That I know, hurts. I've, <laughs> like I've rubbed my finger on sandpaper before. I don't want that going fucking three thousand miles. The cat's
1: an hour. tongue is like a little aggressively yeah. rough. I'm like, "Stop licking me! You feel like sandpaper." <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then my final good that I have written down is my favorite scene in this goddamn movie, and that is Bryce when he hangs Dylan. I've never seen anything like that in any other movie I've ever watched, and it was fucking beyond creative because he's gonna cause his mother to kill him. And then he lets him go, and there's, like, this beautiful, like, acceptance moment between uh, Bryce and Alice, But it is simultaneously one of the most horrific scenes I've ever seen.
1: Have you ever seen... Because this is... uh, Like, I would be heavily surprised if the director was not inspired specifically by this movie for that scene. But have you ever seen The Good Son? No. Okay. Okay. So, I have
0: seen The Omen, and that's what that scene reminded me oh, of. No. We're watching
1: The Good Son. It's an older movie. Um, Macaulay Culkin is the the main actor, and um, Elijah Wood, I think. Uh, Macaulay Culkin plays the quote-unquote bad son, and Elijah Wood is the good son. Um, and they're both you know, significantly younger in this film, yeah. so it's older. Um, and... I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding Macaulay as an adult, but as a child actor, I don't yeah. think anybody can really argue that he wasn't a brilliant actor. Well, he wasn't on heroin, <laughs> <laughs> um, To this, this little boy's credit, I, that level of acting like the good son is such a brilliantly done yeah. film. Um, I can't remember what happens to Elijah Wood's parents, but for whatever reason, he ends up in the care of, I think it's his aunt. And, um, She's the mother of McCauley and he's just this fucking psycho child. And there's several really kick-ass scenes where I think he kills a dog, if I'm not mistaken. And then I want to say he throws the dog's body off of an overpass onto the interstate and causes a car accident. And there's all these, like, really crazy scenes Jeez. where you see this child, like, slowly unhinging to, I'm going to murder a person. Yeah. And, like, there's this... um pool where you're like, you're not really sure if he's going to kill Elijah, because he doesn't want to compete with Elijah for the love of his mother, because his mother is torn between these two children, because one's clearly kind of a little unhinged, and the other one's a, you know, good child, or you're not sure if he's going to kill his mother out of spite, because he doesn't want to share her love, so, like, that level of acting, like, this little boy stood in that room, you know... On the verge of hanging Cold. his best friend. And there was malice in that child actor's eyes. <laughs>
0: Cold as fucking
1: and ice. I, I have literally never seen acting. Go ahead.
0: Scream to your mother. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, he, he's like, <laughs> yell for help because he knows when she opens that door, it's gonna... He's dead. And... Like we're we're renting The Good Son. That's not a two star film. That's an incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it, people. It's a yeah. next level child. Macaulay Culkin serial killer well, acting. Like, this
0: <laughs> hanging scene felt like something out of Hereditary, where it was like, oh, that is just ice fucking cold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like this dude, I, I I've never seen anything like that. Over,
1: yeah. The, yeah. It is definitely the best scene in the whole movie. And right. he he like. You see it step by step, him plotting it out. he's taping him down and then putting the rope around his neck, and then you see that he's put the bricks behind the chair so that the chair will fully tip back and yeah. strangle him to death and like that
0: I... and then he has a moment of "Oh fuck, this is what I'm doing," and he cuts the kid free and he tries to apologize to the mother and like he...
1: but when he has that like moment of conflict, like he's originally like mom, like yelling at the door, like when you see him still like angry yeah. and wanting to kill his kid, like yelling at the door like, mom, help, we need help, because he wants her to open the door. And then when he starts having that doubt, he's like whispering like, mom. Yeah. Mom. Like he wants help for himself. And I'm like, oh God, that kid killed that scene.
0: What a beautiful goddamn moment. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to grab a beer <laughs> and uh, give you another glass of
1: wine. Hit okay. us with the bats. Ah, uh, We'll save the mental illness one for a bit later because that's a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Um I did have a note that I, I didn't think the main actress was really honestly the best actress and that was kind of weird to put her as the lead role. Um, but out, outside of that, like the casting, like I said earlier, was pretty good. Um, all of the other actors were honestly really good. And at the very least, I believed that the adult version of the two sisters were related. They looked very convincingly like family. Yeah. I'm very confused by the casting choice of the children, though. Yeah, the children. Uh,
0: she looked like a little Thai girl. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, the The child version of the main actress looked like she was yeah. Asian. Um, but The
0: whole intro felt very grudge-like. Yes. We're like, that is a tiny Japanese girl. Why did they get a tiny Japanese girl? And
1: then the... Was her name Rebecca? The main bad girl Mm -hmm. um the child version of her was like a she had like dirty blonde hair and the adult version had oh not yeah yeah that was rebecca the adult version had very dark brunette hair like they they paid no attention to the casting choice of the children for some reason the girl that was the sacrifice was maybe the only one hair wise that kind of passed i mean you can kind of Pass off facial features is, you know, when you get older, your facial features yeah. change. But yeah, they made no effort to make these people look like they were the children. The adult uh, actress, uh, Marina, looked like maybe she was Armenian. Like yeah. she did not look remotely Asian. But they
0: looked like at the beginning, <laughs> even, like they were trying to keep with the Asian look, like makeup style and stuff like that. <laughs> it felt very disconnected. Yes.
1: Weird casting choices. I did not get that.
0: Yeah, uh, they nailed the Bryce character as looking like he could be the son. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Cute kid, too. Yeah. Super cute kid. And missing
0: from the good, uh, his trauma is uh, what they're telling him about his dad, what they told her about Marina.
1: I have that written down in my bag. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll stand by it.
0: I'll bounce off of that one then. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think my, one of my biggest, or at least the one that I'm going to get to first here, um, is that Mercy Black is far from terrifying, despite the fact that she has a Freddy Krueger hand. <laughs> like which is one, I'm going into it because I love Wes Craven. Which is one of two goddamn Nightmare on Elm Street callbacks that I fucking nailed in this movie, which is that bathtub scene. After he did the goddamn bathtub scene, nobody else is allowed to touch a bathtub unless a hand is going to come out of the crotch and try to fucking take her out. But Mercy Black is.
1: A shitty doll on a zip line. Yeah, it looked like <laughs>
0: Danny Darko. Like, what the fuck are we watching right now? <laughs>
1: Even Danny Darko is better. No,
0: rewatch Danny Darko. That was some Danny Darko-esque bad guy right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like, when you see it, when they go down into the bomb shelter, it's neat there, because you get the intercut scenes of, um, which I don't think I mentioned. Before
0: or after they put it on a zip line and shot it across the room.
1: (laughs) I don't think I mentioned that. Um, Maybe because the editor's in my bad, but they're there's a shining moment for the editor where they have these intercut scenes of Marina going through the woods, and you get these cut in scenes of the children going through yep. the woods trying to find this place and then um she's walking through the bomb shelter, and uh Rebecca's kind of leading the way, and you get this really cool like audio of this little girl singing in the distance mm-hmm. as she's walking through the bomb shelter, and
0: very nightmare too,
1: yeah. And when you see Mercy Black there, when Marina finally sees her as an adult as this weird, ugly makeshift doll, like strewn up, um, almost like Jesus-like, yeah. honestly. And there's a bit of music when she walks up to it that almost makes it seem like a crucifix. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part is neat. Like Mercy looks neat there because you can tell it's these, you know, young children who have pieced together this terrible makeshift doll. They should have in, kept it that way. Yeah, in hopes of. Uh, you know achieving their wishes and it looked neat as fuck there Yeah, they it looked
0: dark it looked terrifying she takes the mask she gives it to the kid the mask looks terrifying on the kid that's another oh, yeah. missed good
1: yeah that, w- that was incredible that little boy wearing that mask was a creepy yeah. fucking scene but
0: down in the bunker like that you don't need CGI they Mercy Black
1: animated her and she looked literally like somebody stuck a shitty doll on a zip line and then just shoved it down yeah. towards her.
0: Something just... you can make pretty cheap. With a shakier camera, you might have been able to make that shot work. But you don't need to make that shot work because she doesn't need to come to life, for sure. <laughs>
1: and even when she's outside and it's definitely no longer a doll on a line and it's just straight up animation, like the, the robes flowing in the wind, it's yeah. so cliche.
0: It's cheap. It's dog shit. It's the worst way to end the fucking movie, but I'm saving my rant about (laughs) mental health for the very end of this episode. Um, Go for it.
1: Um, Yeah, so speaking of the kids' trauma, his mother, we've probably reviewed worst ones, but his mother goes down in the list for worst moms like i get worst
0: mom worst sibling (laughs) who the fuck is will
1: (laughs) i get that you're just trying to get by you live in this old run down wooden house in montana and you're trying to survive and do right by your son but she tells her son who if i had to estimate an age 11 12 you know maybe at this point she tells her son, who's definitely old enough to start understanding the implications of this, that her sister has been away at art school in Europe all these years yeah, that she's been locked years. up. Yeah, like how many how many years did you need to get your art degree? That, Come on. How
0: long does it take to draw?
1: <laughs> so tells her sister is away at art school in Europe. Tells her his dad is away on a super secret NASA mission. <laughs> and we like I don't understand why there's so much importance laid on that. We never get any answer as to is the dad dead did the dad walk out when he was a kid like is
0: which could have been handled with a simple conversation between, between the, two the two of them yeah. which would have shown marina's ignorance to the real world and you know, alice's need to protect her child and yeah. it would have been a very simple scene
1: and then there's Will, who never at any point honestly feels like a terribly redeeming character. And he I doesn't feel
0: like a boyfriend. He doesn't feel like a friend. Even. Well,
1: I think maybe he is supposed to be the boyfriend because the Dylan kid makes a comment. Um, that he's
0: fucking him mom. Yeah, yeah,
1: so I think he's supposed to be the boyfriend, but he's never a very redeeming character. So it's like, oh, she's just been dating this. Yeah. shit. no, he's some
0: journalist slash plumber. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Hey.
0: He's like writing a true crime book. This is how we're gonna make money. And it's like, have you never been to his apartment before to notice all the pictures of your sister all over the fucking she, wall?
1: She leaves her sister. She's there. only been out of the
0: thing for like two days.
1: Yeah, leaves her alone in her house. Oh, we're
0: burning through bads at this point because that's all mine as well.
1: Leaves her alone like in her house. Leaves her alone in the house two. with
0: the goddamn internet. She's on supervised release. She's alone with a nine-year-old. <laughs> she is a local legend for killing somebody or trying to kill somebody. At this point, they have not established what happened. Why is Lily, the school librarian where her nephew is going to school, they don't inform her that Lily is at least alive in this goddamn town?
1: Well, they said she had changed her name. So she's going back Well, they tell you
0: name. that at three quarters of the way through the movie <laughs> after you find out because of the finger thingy.
1: <laughs> but I, I'll excuse the dropping the kid off at the library because mom has a job. So I'll I, I thought that.
0: she was the school librarian. Because the kid was at school. Was he? Yeah, there were other... Oh. She goes, well, I guess you're old enough. And so like, she like sneaks him off to the internet was she area. She's dropping
1: him off at home afterwards then? Because she drops him off at home that one time and she asks him if he needs some... Or if she needs to come check up on him, We're
0: finding more holes in this script. Go back, Owen. Go back, Owen. Write me an email. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, yeah, Mom wins the award for biggest liar ever in my book. <laughs>
0: yeah, straight up jack that kid's whole understanding of things. Um, I don't understand... No, actually, that's not what I meant to say. Um, I did like how he carries that little astronaut toy and so when he gives that to mercy um it's almost like an acceptance that his dad's not coming home like i really liked that
1: did they ever at any point say that the astronaut was from oh his dad dad his dad was the nasa yeah i had literally just now made that connection (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) I was like, "Why is there a significance yeah. to that?" His
0: whole cabin is covered with like pictures of space and stuff. That makes like more sense. he just wants his dad back, and
1: uh, so he's going to mercy well, to sad. get his dad back. He gives, so he gives his he gives like, his aunt the nightlight because he's like, "I'm too old for that anymore." Yeah. But he still keeps the little astronaut. Oh, that's sad. I just now made that connection. No, a brilliant
0: movie oh. shot itself in the fucking foot yet again. Here on Two Star Tuesdays, it it it. It doesn't make sense. If Lily is alive and the person who tried to kill Lily is alive and the accomplice is out of jail, you would think that Marina would know a, the bitch who talked you into this in the first place still lives in Bozeman, Montana. And B, your nephew knows the librarian by first name well, basis.
1: Again, they said the victim, which is the librarian had changed your name. So she's not going by Lily anymore. She's, Changed your name, so nobody knows that's who that is. Um, It is strange that her sister didn't feel the need to tell her that. The other girl that was the accomplice was out? Like, I get why her doctor wouldn't but, Wouldn't her
0: sister still be around, like, while all this shit was unraveling if Lily never left the town in the first fucking place?
1: Well, they... <laughs> the doctor said she, like, left town and changed her name and yeah. has been living under the radar, so... I'm assuming she probably left for a bit and then maybe came back. They don't really expand on that, but, um... Yeah, no, I I get who,
0: who is Alice outside of
1: uh oh that must
0: be my boyfriend's friends throwing dolls through the goddamn window at night, shattering glass, terrifying my children.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I do it's stupid that she's like, I'm not gonna call the cops, but I do weirdly appreciate her her like, I'm gonna handle this myself attitude. She's yeah. like, No, I'm just gonna go Fight deal with this a shit. Grow man. <laughs> well, <laughs> Think she was like really like, I'm gonna like slug him or anything like that, but it, you know, it was just kind of a like weirdly because the main actress occasionally had a southern accent. It was a weirdly yeah. like badass country girl moment where she was like, I'll handle my own shit. I
0: got this shit, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck them boys up.
1: But Will's death was also stupid, The the lead up to his death was Will's
0: not- whole character was fucking stupid. <laughs>
1: He was a little pointless, honestly.
0: He was. He comes in there. What is his one job? He tries to rape Marina on the stairs, which is what I'm assuming was happening there. He pours her an extra glass of wine the night before, um, which she doesn't feel at all, which is convenient considering that's her first glass of wine.
1: Oh, she said she was feeling dizzy.
0: But immediately, he's like, so, I know you just spent 15 years in a mental asylum. May I pry into why you tried to kill that bitch? Like,
1: He's writing a book. He's writing a novel. Bro.
0: Well, he's a plumber, so I have to forgive him.
1: We don't know that he's a plumber. He wears we don't jumpsuits. know what the fuck he
0: does. We don't know what he does with his life, what his relationship is, why he's in that <laughs> fucking house. Is he all of a sudden a true crime author? Like, why is Alice surprised by her boyfriend? Like, if I started writing a book, would your mind be blown, Kristen Pennington? If I was like, I'm writing a book.
1: <laughs> no, it would no. not, Brett Bloom.
0: No, it wouldn't. Because I'm a writer.
1: It does imply I'm not that a she's... plumber
0: picking up true crime novels on the side.
1: It does imply weirdly, even though she knows where his house is, because she drives straight to his house. That she's never been in his house, because she yeah. goes in and sees the like mural of like the crime scene photos, photos, photos and all yeah. that shit. So there's that weird implication of why do you know where he lives, but you've also never been in yeah, here. And why
0: does Will just keep pouring whiskey without drinking whiskey? How many times do you need to refill the glass you're not drinking out of there, Will? Have you <laughs> never had a drink in your goddamn life?
1: Why do I'm an keep, alcoholic.
0: I notice those things.
1: Why do we keep seeing Mercy in the vents? Why, what is her obsession with the vents?
0: A tie back to it is the best that I've got. Really? Yeah. Where the, I mean, like, where, no joke, where though. Where Pennywise looks up from the fucking sewer grate. that. Is as far as I've gotten with why Mercy needs to come through the vent.
1: Because it made no sense whatsoever. She's a ghost.
0: Why not just come directly into the room like you do later on the riverbank?
1: Well, she does whenever... How is
0: Mercy in the vent? No. Mercy doesn't have a body yet.
1: No, because, like, whenever uh, the sister falls down the stairs, Mercy's literally just in the window outside. So, Mercy, does Mercy ever come into the house at all?
0: Well, the, the, the window outside, you got to remember, because of the plot twist, would have been Lily or, what I don't get about the ending, Lily's accomplice. Because Lily was simultaneously in the house beating the fuck out of Marina and outside waiting on the kid. So who was dressed up as Mercy Black?
1: That's a good point. Well, the ending, Mercy is real, so... Well,
0: Mercy's not real until the ending.
1: That's a good point.
0: Lily didn't kill anybody. Lily has not been killed, so Mercy is still in a fallout shelter, which means somebody else dressed up as Mercy Black, and we are never told, because fucking Will gets killed, it can't be Will...
1: Who kills Willow? Why would she kill Will? There yeah, there are a lot of plot holes in this. No
0: shit! (laughs) Remember earlier when I was like, hey, the whole ending ruins this fucking movie? This is what I'm talking about. He's like she drove there to meet the kid on the driveway. Simultaneously, Marina's getting the shit kicked out of her in front of said kid. So, unless this lady, Lily, runs a Usain Bolt goddamn 50-yard run. Uh, well, she, also, she can't just throw off the goddamn thing, stand there all postured and be like, oh, hello, dear child, with my fucking four fingers on my hand.
1: Well, she also manages to sneak into his room and in five seconds rip all the photos down off the wall and then go back out of the room <sighs> to kill him. Doesn't <laughs> <So>. make sense. <laughs> yeah, I... I really wish they had just left Mercy as a figment of people's imaginations.
0: Yeah. She's out there lugging body dolls out by herself in the middle of the night. No, there is a male accomplice to this entire situation that we are um, never can I introduced say a, a to. A woman
1: couldn't do it? Is that I'm, I'm, are you being Yes, right now, Brian? I'm
0: saying that if there was a 200 pound uh, body doll, uh, she would be unable to hang that from the goddamn ceiling. The nine year old sure as fuck is not standing <laughs> six feet tall in that costume. <laughs> Who was Lily's accomplice?
1: It could have been Rebecca. She was still alive.
0: It could have been Rebecca. Still but Rebecca... unhinged. Rebecca doesn't make a comeback at the end to let us know she's doing anything except... I'm just
1: positing theories here, okay? Uh, jump scares. Let's talk jump scares.
0: I, I stopped counting.
1: <laughs> I, count, are, I
0: I started counting you down to them, and that was.
1: <laughs> it's not even the number of them that bothers me, which they. they we've watched worse. There are definitely worse films that overplay them. Oh, 100%. Them. Yeah. Um, so they could have abused it worse than they did. They do abuse it. But it's the type of jump scares that bother me. We get the predictable bathtub scene where there's a hand running through the hair. Uh, yeah. The weird. Grudge tribute where the Asian long-haired girl is climbing up over the tub, which I have no idea why she's having, because that turns out to be a nightmare, why she's having these nightmares of dark-haired Asian skeletal girls (laughs) attacking her. Because uh, the girl they killed was a blonde, or the girl they tried to kill was a blonde. They're they're all white. Yeah. There's no need
0: for a ring fucking homage
1: yeah like very stereotypical there um still playing on kind of the ring grudge type uh jump scares we get the uh bodies crawling across the floor that grab your ankle um
0: you get the attempt at a triple which was uh oh shit it's just a kid oh shit it's another kid and then the actual jump scare but by the time you burn the energy on the oh shit oh shit you don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. You've learned the rhythm of this and they don't break the rhythm. and so you even can count the, it.
1: The kid hiding in the closet, I feel sorry, I feel like is a bit of an homage to uh Japanese horror films. Like children in general are used a lot as yeah. like uh scary devices in Japanese films. So it's just like a lot of really predictable stuff and like the psychiatrist death. Like saw that coming. There were a couple of deaths where we were like, well that's about to happen right now. Yeah, and You're done. It wasn't even that the jump scares made me upset or that I could place that a jump scare was about to happen. Because there were several times where you were counting down, like, in <laughs> one, two, three, there we go. It was that. We knew it was coming and we knew what was coming. Yeah. Like, they were so predictable that it was like, oh, this is the exact jump scare that's right about to happen. Right up until the plot
0: twist, I could have told you that whole movie <laughs> from the get-go it's like what's in the trash can i bet it's a dog
1: i actually didn't see that one coming. Um, i thought a raccoon or like a small animal was gonna run out because that's a popular jump scare too they go to investigate and then something charges past them I thought a raccoon was going to come charging out. No. I had to ask you what the it horror, was. The,
0: no, the move in horror film is if you have an animal, the animal has to die before the end of the movie. The only movie that did that correctly, that I can think of immediately, is Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Winston Churchill lives.
1: <laughs> How many more bats you got?
0: Um, I don't know. We hit a bunch of them in succession there. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, I think that the editor and the main character, uh, both of the people, not the characters uh, themselves, should be uh, sacrificed directly to Mercy Black and or Satan, whichever one is
1: uh, more readily available. The editor was definitely my next one. Um, (laughs) This movie suffers the worst, I feel like, for the editor. hands down. Um,
0: If I had to pick two people that were on the credit screen to be stabbed to death next to a river, I (laughs) wouldn't pick the editor and the lady who played the main character. And
1: it got... (laughs) (laughs) It got better towards the end as uh, these types of movies tend to when the editing isn't right because when the action ramps up the pacing of the editing naturally tends to ramp up so you don't notice these harsh edits as often but uh there were so many really pretty shots where it's like oh like amityville horror-esque like here's the house we're looking at and uh you know like this house holds a, a history of its own where it was like one, two, three, cut. You know, like you got like two seconds to look at whatever it was that we were like looking at, and then it was just like bam, 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 onto the next thing. And even the conversation, she's sitting here having this heavy conversation about her getting out with her psychiatrist and just weirdly bouncing <coughs> between the two of them. Sorry. No, Just weirdly bouncing between the two of them at such a rapid pace. Like, there was no breath in any of these initial scenes. In none of
0: the setup in the beginning of the first act. Yeah. like, well, here's a fact, here's a fact, here's a fact, here's a fact. Now you're out of the mental asylum.
1: Yeah, and you don't know until later into the film that this girl has been part of a, a crime. Like, all you know is these girls were marching into the woods, and then something traumatic happened, and then she was locked away. And I honestly... Didn't even feel like the setup for that was very obvious because I remember uh, as she was being released to go home with her sister, I asked you if that was the same girl. I was like, wait, is this the same person? Yeah,
0: we were both looking for a Japanese person.
1: (laughs) Well, not even that. Like, There wasn't a clear distinction that this girl had been locked up for this amount of time and now she's this adult. Like 15 years later was the only indication. There's like a word on the screen. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, I honestly didn't even catch that. So just like, there was no time to let something bad happen, and now she's an adult, and now she's struggling to find out what it means to be an adult in the free world. Like, there was no time to let any of that breathe, and that's a monumental thing. It's
0: a massive adjustment. And even the people in her world don't give her the room. Like, they leave her, again, unsupervised with the internet with a child, she doesn't know Blinded. how to cook. <laughs> she doesn't know what a microwave is. Like you, There are things that... Like, call fair. me and it's like, well, I don't know what a phone does. So uh, it's been 15 years. It is now... When I went into jail, if we're following real-world timelines, it's 2004. None of the world makes sense.
1: <laughs> I don't know if they even acknowledge where her parents are or anything, do they? Like, why is she going to her sisters? Do they acknowledge it? They might
0: have, about? but that that would have happened fast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, because, again, pacing. Cause it's
0: just the sister and her, so I'm assuming the parents are dead or something. Yeah.
1: And I, there was so much potential there to, like, set up. Like her wonder at all these new experiences in her life or her sorrow for having missed out on yeah. all these experiences. Like she's got this nephew who I'm assuming was born while she was locked up who she's probably never met. Yeah. And we don't get a moment to let any of that set in. So I just,
0: ah. I'm like, Hey auntie, you know, <sighs> you want to immediately become partner to me trying to release demons in this house or, like they it they don't build the relationships.
1: It got better at the end. No,
0: something. it did not get no, better not at the, the end. not the story. It got so much fucking worse at the end. Not the story. The pacing. <laughs> I had to yell over in the far corner, and I still blew the levels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not the story. The pacing got better at the end, because, again, yeah. in a horror film, the pacing naturally picks up. So. But, editor, whoever you are, for fuck's sake, let a moment breathe. Yeah.
0: How many more badges you got? So Just the
1: one big one. The
0: one big one. Um, the second that Mercy Black becomes real, you have...
1: Discredited a very potentially you, beautiful film.
0: You've done that. Um, you've also tortured... Or not tortured. You've also torched... Um, any possible poetic messages about or the implications of mental illness, which I find offensive as a person who's had seven or eight, you know, I don't want to like hop, like I'm not that offended. I didn't cry or it didn't keep me up. I'm not fucking leaving a negative review on IMDB. <laughs> um, But I feel... Um, as a person who's been through multiple therapists and currently lives and deals with the issues. um, That's kind of fucked up.
1: I think I'm most frustrated by it, though, because I don't feel like the main actress sold it the best. Um, Gosh, I cannot remember what movie we watched. Um, The girl that her, she she was a psychiatrist and her patient attacked her. Mara? Um, no, it wasn't Mara. Um, shoot, what movie was that? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, but like we we both said when we watched that film that um, the doctor like there was a lot of moments where it was like I, I believe that this lady has lived through trauma. She's in therapy. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't feel like the main actress in this film necessarily sold her own personal trauma the very best, but I feel like. The groundwork put into this film sold, or not sold, that makes it sound gimmicky, um, portrayed the ripple effect that having trauma affects the other people in your life. I feel like it portrayed that ripple effect of how this kind of Mm -hmm. goes out and it's not just you, it's all these people in your life that are living through this so well. And I'm frustrated that a film got so many other things right and then just threw it all away at the end because there are so many films out there that kind of like lean on um, mental illness or use mental illness as a gimmick and they don't portray it well and then you're just kind of like oh you're just using this as a ploy you know to move your story on and like that's irritating but it's not as irritating as someone who has a better understanding of it than taking it and just being like well fuck that like, I'm frustrated that it was done as well as it was done. It
0: took what could have been one of the most brilliant horror stories of all time and turned it into a goddamn creature feature. Like,
1: yeah.
0: We don't need to see Mercy Black. There's Leave this... her as this idea on a wall that is real to the people that see her, quote unquote, and frame it. As genetic mental illness that is the last minute reversal this film needed
1: there's this crushing moment and it is the one point where I feel like the main actress shined where she trucks through the woods and she finds this bomb shelter and at this point in the film her nephew is starting to have these hallucinations and her nephew knows things that she hasn't necessarily told him so she's feeling conflicted about whether or not she really was just, you know, experiencing these delusions or whether or not these were real things that were happening that no one believed her. And there's this heartbreaking moment where she gets into the shelter and she finds the book that Rebecca yeah, used. That's just a Greek translation. Yeah, just Greek translation. And she sees the doll that they made still just hanging there, yeah. you know, ragged by the years. It's like and an this,
0: adult looking back on a child's psychosis.
1: Yeah, and this bomb shelter that they they went to and i'm assuming they're the ones who decorated the way that it looks like still just kind of this living monument of this traumatic time in her life and she opens that book and just has this heartbreaking moment where she's like you made the whole thing up it was all i was just pretend and it's a really beautiful moment of her being like this really was just all in my head. And I fell into this trap because I was experiencing these delusions. And I, I bought into it and made this really terrible choice. And it's now rippling out into my family. My nephew is experiencing this horror because of this thing. And, like, having to, like, grapple with the reality of the repercussions of that. And then to just fucking CGI the <laughs> shitty ghost. It's an insult. And, like, even which we talked about that the the nephew which is a a kick-ass scene um stabs the librarian in the eye said I promised (laughs) yeah like she she tries to tell her nephew look you know I believe you tell me whatever it is you're experiencing like I'm here for you and like she thinks her nephew is just having a psychotic break like she was and she rips the fucking ribbon the librarian leaves on uh, the body they constructed of Mercy Black off and throws it down on her. because She like realizes she's just as fucked up as yeah. they all are. And she's like, it's not real. It's all in your head. And the nephew stabs the librarian in the eye. And I still would have lived with it up until that moment. If, because
0: If he would have stabbed her and then the movie ended in silence without the CGI. Yeah,
1: even if he was like, I made a promise and stabbed her and we cut there. Yeah. Like...
0: You've hereditaried yourself into legendary.
1: Yeah, like, this nephew is just like, you know what? Boom, having a psychotic break, too. And her having to be like, holy fuck, what did you just do? It's genetic. And instead, they fucking have Mercy Black pop up and she's CGI. Because, like, there's a moment in the uh, the bomb shelter where uh, they CGI'd fucking mercy black there too and it looks stupid and it looks terrible but i would have
0: bought it as a one-on-one delusion
1: yeah because marina is like every other time i've yeah. closed my eyes and you know tried to will you away not anymore and she rips the pen that her mother gave her off and like starts like stabbing yeah. mercy with this pen and then mercy falls over quote-unquote dead or whatever and like i would have bought even the terrible cgi of that moment as a delusion in her head mm-hmm. And then they fucking brought it back again. Yeah. Kills the library, and then that gives Mercy a body.
0: But Mercy technically already had a body, because Mercy attacked her downstairs. Oh,
1: God. And, and like, the thing that's, like, frustrating about <laughs> <back Right>? that... <there, laughs> <sighs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, the thing that's frustrating about that is, uh... If you give Mercy a body, supposedly she's going to help you fulfill your wishes or whatever, but they imply like Mercy's robes are like covering up the little boy like she's devouring him almost. It's like, okay, granted, I know an evil spirit's probably gonna screw you if we're really gonna go that route. She's not gonna like do your bidding. but I
0: think she's there to protect the child. I thought that was the reason.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's stupid though. Like it was such a pretty commentary on mental illness until that
0: moment well, i thank you 100 percent for explaining it because i was just gonna wind myself up and start throwing <laughs> things trying to say the exact same thing uh,
1: i'm sorry did i cut you off no, do you no, have anything no, you no, want to no. say
0: um i think... I, feel, I feel it's it, it's insulting um which I, I wish i could write off as just a you missed a major plot point um but much in the way that Like, Split pissed me off in that way, the same way. (laughs) It's like you have this beautiful commentary about multiple personality disorder. Why does it have to be a sneak sequel to Unbreakable? Like, it could have stood alone as dealing with a guy with multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Or Cloverfield. um, Where it could have just been a sociopath in a tunnel afraid and paranoid for no reason and then you gave us aliens um you gotta like follow the arkham's razor stick to the simplest it's the scariest and if they would have left mercy as this genetic delusion they would have created a film 10 or 15 years before its time because we haven't seen that movie yet um And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're suffering from, like, any sort of uh, mental illness, uh, I I would deeply advise that you find at least a talk therapist. Um, Tell somebody, don't try to, you know, it's a weird place to put this little, you know, thing. um,
1: I mean, it's appropriate, though, because I feel like it's also an insult to the survivor... Of the Slenderman case. Like, they...
0: Hit that again, because I think we lost it. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no, you're fine. Um, No, I was going to say, I think that that's an appropriate comment, though, because I... This is a movie that leaned on real life...
0: A real situation. Yeah,
1: like real life psychosis. Those girls real... are still
0: alive, the ones we talked about earlier. Yeah,
1: a, re- a, a real life, horribly traumatic situation. They stole from a real traumatic event that happened where there is a real survivor living out the repercussions of this event. And there are real families to these girls who perpetuated this event dealing with the repercussions of it. And it's an insult to the girl that survived this attack to take this story and use all the most important plot points of it and twist it into a cheap, cheesy ghost film. Yeah,
0: you turned it into a creature feature. You turned it into, you know, fucking giant cockroach. Congratulations, Owen. It's why your brothers are loved more than you will ever be. <laughs> you can write me an email and you can send that shit over to uh,
1: Nightmare Box Productions at Gmail. <laughs> or,
0: Owen, you can follow me on Facebook
1: <laughs> where I hang out
0: with the beautiful, the effervescent, the multiplier masterpiece, Crystal Pennington.
1: <laughs> Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions.
0: Um, you guys can send us uh, pictures. Of uh, maybe local urban legends. That may be fun. You can do that over at?
1: Uh, at Nightmare Box Productions.
0: Or you can shoot us a Twitter over at?
1: At Nightmare Box Pro. Um,
0: you can disappear in Kristen's great line of work over on YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington. <laughs> um, or you can go to our website where you can buy my book. You can also watch Kristen um, Kristen's Short film, the dolls.
1: Both uh, are a much better commentary on mental illness because they're based on. Our movie ended
0: in a therapy office following a rape, so <laughs> uh, you can find that over at
1: the nightmare box If you're... Uh,
0: I'm going to go eat some spaghetti. <laughs> Do what?
1: If you're... Uh, this is my takeaway for today. If you're uh, an artist, filmmaker, writer, whatever, um, and you're going to try to venture into the incredible depth that is uh, The any, human mind. Yeah, the human mind. Any Any kind of mental illness, regardless of whether it's schizophrenia or bulimia or whatever you know any kind of traumatic venture into the human existence do your due diligence um don't turn it into a cheap trick i i know that there are people out there who like alien films and ghost films and those kinds of things and you know though those films probably do make a fair amount of money to their own right but uh I will forever be the biggest fan of um, psychological horrors because there is nothing more relatable Uh or horrifying than experiences that we all legitimately experience in real life.
0: That's why I fell back on Hereditary in our conversation about this movie, is that's a movie that did trauma beautifully in a very fucked up sort of way. Um, I don't know. I'm sad all of a sudden. Are you sad?
1: I'm disappointed. I'm not sad. I'm, in I'm me? no, not oh, in you. Okay. I'm di- I'm disappointed in this film because uh I'm very proud of you. Why would I be disappointed in <laughs> I'm disappointed in this film because like I said, to have gotten it so close to right, to have messed it up at the end. Like I a lot of other films I can write off because they just got it wrong the whole way. Yeah. And um
0: This one was so goddamn close. To have
1: catered to cheap tricks in the end i am disappointed in you owen
0: i'm disappointed in you owen and you're (laughs) the only person i've ever told that to into a microphone (laughs) you fuck (laughs) god damn it i love you owen i love you
1: i love you (laughs) and
0: i love you guys and we'll talk to you later this week